Welcome to The Jeff Houston Show. We are a not-for-profit platform dedicated to coaching and inspiring you on your journey toward wisdom-based living. This is a special episode that invites you to listen in on a conversation Jeff Houston had on another podcast as a featured guest. For more information and to learn all about the free resources available, visit thejeffhoustonshow.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Overflow Worship Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Olson. Thanks so much for joining us again this week as we talk about leadership principles. You know, if you've been along this journey with us so far, it's been a lot about leadership and a lot about just how to be a better leader, whether it's in worship or in your own life. And a couple of months ago, I had a special guest who's very close to my heart, Jeff Houston, who is also my dad. And we had a great conversation about leadership principles. We talked about the importance of defining and having clarity within your ministry, within your worship ministry, or just really in life in general. My dad has a lot of experience, and we talked about this in the past episode that we... uh, and the interview that we had, but he's got a lot of experience with training, you know, leaders and just kind of coming alongside of those in church ministry, but also in business as well. And so I'm excited to kind of continue this conversation today. So welcome again, Dad, to the Overflow Worship Podcast. Thank you, Andrew. It's great to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So You know, people, if you want to learn more about my dad and kind of hear his background story, you can go back and listen to the previous episode that we, that we had back in June, but we're just going to dive right in. So kind of where we left off was leadership principles. And my dad was a worship leader for a lot of years, and we were just having a really interesting conversation before we hit record on the podcast about his perspective now that he's stepped off the platform and stepped into a different season of, you know, training leaders and kind of being in that role. And so I just want to ask you this question, Dad, you know, what are your observations of your worship leader self or just kind of some things as you reflect back and think about what God brought you through and what he taught you? Tell us a little bit about what you observe now that you're off the platform, maybe some perspective that you've gained since then. That's good, Andrea. So I think it's important for your listeners to know that um, it was an intentional really calling for me to go off the platform. And uh, God called me to be more focused in a leadership role within uh, within the context of the overall ministry. And that that meant that I needed to say no to something. I loved leading worship. Um, and I would say to this day, it is still, um, uh, I still miss it. And <clears throat> which is interesting because I didn't realize that that was the case. When you're in the middle of the uh, hustle and bustle of, um, having to prepare every week for it. You know, I mean, we all know that it, it's not a show, right? We, we all know that. But the reality is, is that, you know, when Sunday is done, you wake up Monday morning and you got to get ready to do it all over again, right? You got to get in that mindset because practice is coming and, you know, we got to get the, the, 
the words, you know, the sequences and the transitions and all of that stuff. Yes. And we got to do that every week, week after week. And so I, I think that when you're in the middle of it, you don't really have a chance to step away and, and mm-hmm. treasure the blessing of, of being allowed to or being called to be on the platform and leading yeah. people in worship. Uh, the, the worship leader, it's my, as I work, have worked now uh, specifically over the last 10 years in leadership in, with lots of different roles and staff members within the context of the local body. What I will say, I to this day, I believe that the worship leader's role is the most challenging role in the entire church organization. And I don't know that we have would have time in this podcast to unpack all of that, but there are so many dimensions that the worship leader has to deal with. I mean, even just some of the, uh, just a real tactical thing, like you have h- how to uh, take people that want to be involved or have an ex- expectation of being involved in the ministry, and maybe they don't have the the, the you know the gifting within uh, their craft vocally or instrumentally, and how do you love them and yet you know direct them accordingly within? I mean, that's just one little microcosm of hey, it's people, and it's and it's a very challenging thing. So the the worship person's role. Is um, is a very challenging um, and and stretching and uh, role, and at the same time, so when you're in the middle of it, I think you the the tendency would be is to miss the blessing of it, right? Mm-hmm. When yeah. when um, we were raising you girls, uh, someone told us a uh, um, a long time ago that you know the days go by slow, but the years go by fast. And, um, you know, how true that is, right? You know, when you're raising kids, it's kind of that way in worship ministry also. I think that, you know, the days can go by slow or, you know, if in, in the sense the experience can go by slow, seems like it drags on and on and on, but in retrospect, wow, what, what a blessing, uh, it is to, to, um, be able to be a reflector and, you know, that kind of leads me to maybe a different train of thought. I, I always viewed myself when I was on the platform as a reflector. I wasn't the light. I was only a reflector of the light. And, you know, if you think about the, the, um, the physical reality of a reflector, it, it's like if you stick a reflector out in your yard and there's no light, it's just, you know, in the dark – it's just black, right? You can't see it. You can't see anything. It isn't until, you know, your headlights shine on it that, you know, or there's some light that shines on it that, that you actually see and it reflects. And I think it's, it was always a good posture for me to be as a worship leader, to see myself as a reflector and to consciously continually remind myself that I'm not the light, right? Because we can get, when we're up on the platform, we can get in this mindset about, you know, oh, I missed this note or, you know, I missed this transition or this didn't go well or, or the, you know, the mic squeaked, you know, when it it Mm -hmm. shouldn't have, what is that sound guy? I wish he would do a better job. I mean, we can get so into the, into the tactical part of it that we miss the fact that, dude, you're not the light, right? You're just a <laughs> reflector of the light. And so that's kind of one aspect that um, of it. And then the other is, 
um, I, I remember, and I'm sure your listeners um, have this happen frequently, where you know you get done with a service and somebody comes up to you and says, "Oh, thank you so much. You know, it was so great. You know, I just really appreciate. You know, you're not that they're saying you're awesome, but it's kind of like, okay, what do I do with this compliment? Right. Right. You know, praise God. Uh, you, you know, isn't God great? And you know it, it or, you know, thank you. you re, it, it's like, there's a little bit of an awkwardness when yeah. that happens. And so how, how I got to, um, I got in the mindset of viewing that was like the flower delivery person. Okay, so, um, you know, if I order a bouquet of flowers or somebody orders a bouquet of flowers and I'm the delivery guy, right? You know, I get to enjoy the flowers, right? I can enjoy, they're in my car, I can smell them and, you know, I can look at them and, and wow, isn't that nice? But they're not my flowers. And I, sure. I think it's that way is that you can, out of, out of respect and courtesy for the person that is giving the compliment, you receive it, you say thank you, but look at yourself like the delivery. They just gave you a rose and you get to enjoy the rose for just a moment, but then consciously, intentionally, you actually give that, you have to give that. I mean, don't take the rose home with you and don't put it on the, you know, in a vase and, and put it on your mantle and play it over again. (laughs) And, you know, the next day and the next day, wow, you know that don't, don't do that because the rose wasn't for you. It was for, you know, it was for somebody else. It was for our King. And so just to, uh, to see myself as a reflector and as a flower delivery person, those would be uh, two things. And then kind of wrapping the, the wrap around that is don't miss the blessing of, yeah. of being able to be called to be in a worship ministry, ministry. It is truly a unique gift and it is a great pleasure. Do not take it for granted. Hmm. I love that. And I think that's, it's such great perspective for all of us in in life and leadership and for all of you who are listening out there. I mean, this applies whether you know, you're a worship leader or a pastor or a leader in another capacity. I mean, you can pull things from this because it's it's just such valuable advice and I think of like, you know, a lot of times we hear as so I'm a younger mom and I've got young kids, and we hear from, you know, like you, my dad, and from other people whose kids are grown and gone, say, you know, don't miss the blessing of this time. And I I just draw that parallel because it kind of reminds me of that. Like you're saying, you know, you've been in it, and, you know, you did the mundane, you did the hard, you did all, you know, the day-to-day-to-day, all of those things every single week after week after week. And I honestly... I mean, I don't remember you ever getting a break. Like I'm just thinking through my mind because I, you know, I grew up in your household (laughs) and I don't remember like other than, you know, maybe vacations here and there, but you guys were up there every single week. And so for you to have, you know, that perspective now is just so valuable for us who are in it. And it's not something that, you know, you as listeners out there that we just, should pass by like, Oh, thanks for that. But you don't get it. No, no, he gets it. (laughs) You know, he was in it. And I just think that's such a beautiful thing to not miss the blessing of what we get to do. And that doesn't mean it's easy all the time. And you walk around with, you know, just this 
floaty perspective, it's, it's really just, just that it's, it's a real perspective of like, wow, I, I get to do this and I know it's going to be hard sometimes, but I want to keep that, you know, that perspective. And then, you know, along those lines, I want to ask you how, how could we do that for those of us who are in worship ministry? How could we work to get that perspective? You know, the words like that pop into my mind are like, oh, rest time or vacation or sabbatical or, you know, those types of things. Well, that maybe that's a good answer and you could expound on that. But I also know a lot of people that I personally work with. I don't know if sabbatical's on the table, right. you know? So uh, like what are some ways now that you are, have been out of it for a while? And like you said, intentionally, because God called you to step into something else. How can we do that? How can we find the time to gain perspective to really keep our minds and our hearts in the right place? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I'm not sure that I have, certainly it's not an all-inclusive answer, but a few things come to mind. Um, one would be, is today I'm, you know, I'm 58 years old and I would say it's much easier for me to hear God speaking at this juncture in my spiritual journey. Um, I believe that's mainly due to intentionally creating space in my life um, instead of, you know, wearing the merit badge of busyness. Um, I've come to strongly believe in the power of doing less. Um, there's a quote from Dr. Howard Hendricks, uh, that had said in a letter to his seminary alumni, um, in fact, I'm just, as we're talking, I'm pulling it up. I want to, because it, it has so powerful for me. He said, and I quote Dr. Howard Hendricks in a letter to his seminary alumni, quote, if anything has kept me on track all these years, it's being skewed to this principle of central focus. There are many things I can do, but I have to narrow it down to the one thing I must do. He finishes by saying the secret of concentration is elimination, end quote. So, um, you know, I have, I continually work to narrow down my areas of responsibility uh, to those few things where God can use me to add the most value. And there's that, that's, this is a, a deep subject, but, um, you know, part of it is, is we, we tend to, uh, well, I was raised that in an environment where um, busyness and productivity were rewarded, yeah. right? Hey, good job. How you doing? I'm busy. Hey, that's great. Good to be busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and you know, and so my self worth and value were really wrapped up in how busy I was and what I was doing, right? And what what God has taught me is that uh, doing is good, but being is also good. And I got really good at doing, but I didn't get, I wasn't very good at being. And so, um, you know, there's no magic switch that you can flip or book that you can read 
that will say, okay, you know what, I'm gonna, um, now I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna be really good at being. The, really, the only way to do that is you gotta get it, you have to intentionally pursue that. And so, but here's the thing. It's really hard in the context of church and ministry. It's really hard to say no to something. Right. Why? Because it's all good ministry, right? Yeah. I mean, there, there's not bad ministry. I suppose there could be something that would be bad out there, but I can't think of it. It's all good ministry. Right. And, um, you know, in, um, uh, we, when we're dealing in the area of budgets and that type of thing, uh, we always go back to in Stephen Covey in his class, uh, um, in his, I'm sorry, Jim Collins. Jim Collins in his book, Good to Great, um, said that the purpose of a budget is not to decide who gets how much. The purpose of a budget is to decide what part of the organization or what part of the ministry gets fully funded and what part doesn't. Right. So if you think of that, OK, that's in terms of, of budgets, but that's also in terms of our life. Right. Yeah, that's and so true. The, you know, the purpose of, you know, like budgeting your time or looking at your time or expending your time or planning your time, however you want to say it. The purpose is not to decide who gets how much. It's like what part of my life is going to get fully funded and what part isn't. But it's really hard in ministry because it's all good ministry. And, um, and so I'm just circling back when, you know, Dr. Hendricks says that if anything has kept me on track all these years, it's been skewered to this principle of central focus. There are many things I can do, but I have to narrow it down to the one thing I must do. The secret of concentration is elimination. So I think that a lot of people don't understand that about me you know, they can look and they yeah. say, well, you know, you, there, there's so many parts of the ministry, Jeff, that you're not. Why aren't you on the platform? Hey, I'd love to be I'd love to be in worship ministry or I'd love to run sound or I'd love to do words. Right. I really would. Yeah. But but yeah. the secret of concentration is elimination. And when you continually work to narrow down your areas of responsibility, then I think God is more able to leverage and use us to add the most value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is just, that's such an amazing perspective and so thought provoking thinking about, you know, budgeting our time and it's not a matter of, of, you know, like you get, you get two minutes and this gets an hour and this get, it's like, it's just a complete perspective shift. Even for me, I'm just thinking through my, my wheels and my brain are turning because I love that. And I think that's so valuable for, for us in ministry to think of it in terms of not, not the, the micro things, but the big picture and like what, what's going to get, get my time. So I, I just love that. And I love the perspective for us as, as leaders in, in worship ministry and churches, just to really think about that and, and think about being intentional, you know, with our, with our time and with our resources, just all of that. So I love that perspective, Dad. Thank you for, for sharing that. Before we continue today's episode, we'd like to invite you to the Overflow Worship Conference on October 11th and 12th in Wilma, Minnesota. This unique event is for worship leaders and their whole worship team 
we focus on small and medium-sized churches and the unique challenges that they face. This year, join Meredith Andrews, Todd Fields, Jacob Suter, Andrea Olson, and more for a weekend of encouragement and growth. For more information, visit overflowworship.com. Are there any things that you do, you know, literally, practically, like, well, every morning at, you know, 5.30, I do this, or, you know, I have an app on my phone that shoots me a Bible verse or, you know, whatever, like really super practical. Is there anything that you do in your life now that you kind of wish you could have implemented when you were in the mundane of, you know, worship leading ministry? Um, I would say a couple things come to mind. One would be is that I used to strive to be a well-rounded leader and I don't believe that is really a valid pursuit uh, instead, you know, discover the zone that, you know, I, I continually am intentional about discovering the zone that God created me to be in. And then, um, you know, if, if I can delegate it or I eliminate it or, you know, it, it, to me, there's a, a difference between being in charge versus in control and you know i'm i'm in charge as a leader but i don't have that doesn't mean i have to be in control of everything i have to be willing to release things to other people that's what being a leader is and so i think from a from a practical standpoint then what how does that relay into what i do well I, I feed my mind with those things. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm list. I'm reading books. My, um, you know, my devotions. My prayer time. I mean, it really centers around pursuing um, excellence in those areas. And it's interesting that how how uh, when we when we focus on something, uh, it it becomes our reality. You know, there's a there's a saying that says that we will become, that we all will become the sum total. So I will become the sum total of the five people that I spend the most time with. All right. So then that begs the question, who am I spending my time with? Mm -hmm. Right. Or I would ask your podcast listeners, if you're going to become the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with, who are you becoming? Right. Who are you going to become? And, you know, wow, you know, that's kind of a a convicting or a challenging thing. But the 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 um, the um, the practical part of it is what are you putting in? Right. Because what you put in is going to come out. You know what? um, Probably my in fact, it is I my one of my it, it is my most favorite thing in the book, well, the, the story of Solomon is fascinating to me, um, simply because he has, you know, this this proverbial one wish. You know, God comes to him in a dream and says, "What what what do you want?" And you know, he he asks for wisdom, and I was so intrigued as a twelve year old boy. I was so intrigued by re- reading that story for the first time, and I was just captivated by it. Um, but you know, so Proverbs Solomon is, you know, wrote, he's quote, or he is, uh, credited with 3000 Proverbs, you know, wise sayings that have been collected and, and there's so much wisdom in so many of them, 
But then there's uh, buried into uh, the book of Proverbs, he says, uh, he, he makes this state, he starts with this saying, he says, above all else. Well, wait a minute, you know, this is a guy who had it all, did it all, experienced it all. Uh, I mean, scripture says that there was no one like him before, and there won't be anyone like him again. He was unique in human history, right? He has all of this wisdom that God supernaturally granted him, and he begins by saying, above all else. I, you mean, really? Above everything? Yeah, above all else. Guard your heart. Mm-hmm because it determines the direction of your life, right? And so my question from a very practical standpoint is, what are we doing to guard our hearts? You know, what are we putting in? Because what we put in comes out, who we spend time with comes out. And um, um, so, I, you know, that's not an app on a phone, but, yeah. it, it, but it is a mindset and it is a conscious decision to say, what, what am I becoming? Uh, when I was at a, a transition point in my business career, one portion was ending and a new one was beginning, and I really wanted to know what the next step was. And I prayed for a year uh, for God to reveal to me what the next step was, and I just got silence. You know, it's like, man, I, you know, I'm begging God to show me the next step, and. Um, Finally, uh, a year into this, um, I heard clearly. And what he said is, Jeff, I'm less interested in what you do. I'm infinitely interested in what you become. So the question for our listeners is, what are you becoming? Mm -hmm. What are you becoming? You know what I did just as a real practical thing? That was so impactful to me. I took and I made a list of things that I wanted to become. So what did I want to become in my life? What were the, well, I want to become more godly. I want to become more Christ-like. I want to be a better husband. You know, I made a list of all these things and of what I want to become. What are the characteristics that I want to become as a person? And then I filtered opportunities through that grid right? Rather than taking a grid and filter, you know, taking more of the opportunity and filtering it. No, 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 no. Turn it around, right? And take a filter filter opportunities through what you want to become because God is more interested in what we become than he is in what we do. Wow. That is so powerful. And you know what? I think that is just a perfect place to wrap up our conversation and just leave that with our listeners. Guys, it's it's so important. God cares so much about you and your heart and and who you become. And he has so many things ahead for each one of you that you know, you don't even know about yet. He's still writing your story. He cares so much that he's more interested in in who you're becoming and not what you're doing. Thank you for listening to The Jeff Houston Show. We are a not-for-profit platform dedicated to coaching and inspiring you on your journey toward wisdom-based living. Our goal is for you to experience a greater level of freedom in every area of your life. You can learn about all the free resources available and submit your questions to thejeffhoustonshow.com. Again, thanks for listening.